0: The download is complete.
1: Welcome to the AV Forums Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury.
2: Welcome to the 14th AV Forums Podcast. In this episode, as well as the usual home cinema, DVD and gaming news, we take an early look at X-Men 3 and the new Star Wars Original Trilogy on DVD, The Brothers Grimm on HD DVD from Japan, and for gamers, Dead Rising for the Xbox 360. Plus, we also finish our look at the piracy debate by discovering why DVD reviews may never be the same again. And for the latest news from Toshiba, we talk to Olivier Van Wynendale. This week's week's audio-visual
1: news. News.
2: In the news this time, the Blu-ray HDVD format war continues in Germany, and new kit from Marantz and Hitachi. Two weeks is a long time in AV, especially if you're a high-definition disc format how do we know? Because both the rival Blu-ray and HDVD next-gen systems have suffered almost dizzyingly mixed fortunes since our last podcast. Starting with HD-DVD, things started very positively, with the announcement during a packed press conference at the IFA Technology Show in Germany that the first HD-DVD player, Toshiba's hde one would be launching in the UK for as little as £449. A very fair price indeed, it seemed to us. What's more, it was announced that this entry-level player will be followed a month or so later by the £649 HD-XE1, a step-up model with 1080p upscaling as one of its extra talents. From here on in, though, things went downhill fast. First, the launch dates were confirmed as mid-November for the hd one and December for the HD-XE1, meaning that HD-DVD is now only coming out around the same time as the first Blu-ray players. In other words, HD DVD has lost the first out of the traps advantage it once looked like having. Second, as we wander around the vast IFA halls, we couldn't help but feel that HD DVD support was very thin on the ground outside the Toshiba stand. And so to Blu-ray, which enjoyed a generally pretty buoyant IFA. As well as the confirmation that HD DVD wasn't launching products in the UK until November, Blu-ray benefited from an impressive volume of product support from a range of manufacturers. Unexpectedly, this support even ran to a Blu-ray recording device for the home, due to be launched in the UK by Philips as early as November. This device is the MCP9480i. An AV media center which cunningly includes a Blu ray disk drive capable of playing BD discs and burning HD content onto BDR and BDRW discs for playback in other Blu ray devices. With a tentative price of around 2,300 to 2,500 euros, the MCP9480i also carries a 320 gig hard drive built-in digital and analog TV tuners, HDMI connection, DV input and Intel V functionality. Where things started to look less rosy for Blu-ray though was the discovery that as we've long feared the prices for the domestic Blu-ray players seem generally significantly higher than those of the first domestic HD DVD players. Then, of course, came the bombshell in the middle of the week that Blu-ray's mass-market champion, Sony's PlayStation 3 console, was having its European launch put back from November all the way to next March 2007. And since the delay is apparently down to production shortages of the key Blu-Raiser diodes that make Blu-ray work, questions have been raised about Blu-ray's ability in general to a. quickly become more affordable and b. meet early adopter demand. It would seem the next-gen DVD battle has plenty of legs left in it yet. And so to other news, and the unveiling by Marantz of an exciting new AV receiver equipped with HD upscaling and the THX Select 2 badge of assurance. The £1000 SR7001 provides an impressive 4 HDMI 1.2 inputs along with AV switching and interlaced or progressive up-conversion for all analogue sources via provided HDMI output. All the SR7001's HDMI jacks are 720p, 1080i and 1080p compatible. With other features of the receiver, including 32-bit decoding of all the latest sound formats, a claimed power output of 110 watt for each of the seven available audio channels, and Audis' room acoustic calibration functionality to help you set all of it up. Finally, in this podcast, we've just learned that Hitachi is about to launch a new home cinema projector. Built to replace the enthusiastically received PJTX200, the new PJTX300 is based around LCD technology and offers some very impressive specifications. Particularly eye catching is a claimed contrast ratio of 10,000 to 1, comfortably the highest such figure we've seen for an affordable LCD projector. Doubtless the contrast figure will be down to some sort of automatic iris adjustment system, meaning the maximum contrast can only be achieved at the expense of serious amounts of brightness, but it's an impressive figure nonetheless. The projector is also HD-ready with a native resolution of 1280x720. uses a so-called Superfocus ED x4 lens arrangement for boosting colour accuracy and countering LCD's infamous screen door effect, and it can operate with as little as 24 dB of running noise. Perhaps the most striking thing about the PJTX300, though, is that when it launches in October, it should only cost around fourteen hundred pounds.
1: You're listening to the AV Forums podcast. The AV Forum, AV DVD news and review roundup with Phil Hinton.
3: In the Region One headlines, we have good news for James Bond fans. Fox Home Entertainment has taken over the MGM distribution in the States and has announced it will release the James Bond Collector's box sets. Yes, you heard that correctly. There will be four box sets, each containing five films. The first two box sets will be released on the 7th of November and the final two on the 12th of December. These discs look to be identical to the recent UK releases with new transfers and DTS soundtracks. Frank Capra's classic It's a Wonderful Life receives a new DVD release in time for its 60th anniversary. Sadly, this release looks identical to the old Artisan THX certified disc from a few years back and certainly does not contain any new extra features. And staying with the Christmas theme, the Bill Murray classic *Scrooged* the You'll Love It edition hits DVD on the 31st of October. The set will feature an anamorphic presentation and a host of never-before-seen extras, including a commentary with Richard Donner. In Region 2 DVD news, the Ridley Scott director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven will be released by Fox Home Entertainment on the 25th of September. The four-disc set looks identical to the recent US release, with the film spread over two discs and presented in a choice of Dolby Digital or DTS Sound. I have to say the director's version of the film is a huge improvement on the theatrical release and the set looks very nice indeed. And finally Buena Vista will release Cars on UK DVD from the 27th of November. The latest Pixar movie will include the usual anamorphic picture and Dolby sound mix as well as a fine array of extras aimed at the kids. And that rounds up your DVD news for this edition. Don't forget, you can read all the news stories in depth and keep up with the latest breaking DVD and games news at avplay.com.
2: The AV Forums Podcast Gaming News. The big story from the past seven days has to be Sony announcing that the PlayStation 3 is delayed in Europe yet again, and this time until March 2007. The reason? A lack of blue diodes for the laser assembly. With Sony winning the format war in Japan and Microsoft ahead in America, you'd think that Europe would be the primary battleground to win the console war. And with Sony being a no-show, it appears that there's going to be a very Merry Christmas for Microsoft and Nintendo this year. Xbox 360 gamers looking forward to the release of Gears of War on the 17th of November should look out for the limited collector's edition being released on the same day. Inside the embossed metal box you're going to find the game, the destroyed beauty hardback art book and a bonus DVD containing the making of the game. Price hasn't been announced yet but this looks like a decent limited edition for once. PC gamers may want to log on to www.lotro-europe.com to register as a beta tester for the Lord of the Rings online game Shadows of Angmar from Codemasters. The game will allow you to immerse yourself in Middle-Earth, either by playing solo or joining a fellowship with other players. Just remember, the beta is by invitation only, and the only way you're going to join in the fun is by registering and hoping that they choose you. Xbox 360 fans who haven't signed up for a gold membership will get a free trial courtesy of Microsoft. For a limited time, from the 20th to the 29th of September, signing in as normal will give you all the privileges of an upgraded account. The reason? Well, it's being sponsored by Microsoft Live Spaces. So while it's a marketing exercise, it's good news for people who only have a silver membership. And finally, Games R Studios have just announced Robotopia for the PC. The game is, in their words, an all-action, fast-paced shooter that takes you online to stage epic battles across a beautiful, multi-scrolling world. So it's an online shoot up basically. However, it has a single-player experience So, you could get up to speed before you make that jump to online gameplay. For more information and to download, go to www.gamesart.com. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening
1: to the AV Forums podcast. This week's DVD Reviews. You must learn the ways of the Force. If you're to come with me to Alderaan, learn about the Force, Luke. Now look, I can take you as far as Anchorhead. You, you can get a transport theory to the you, most or wherever you're going. You must do what you feel is right, of course.
3: There won't be many people who grew up through the 70s and 80s that didn't have their movie-going lives affected by the original Star Wars trilogy. The story elements used in A New Hope were nothing more than lifts from other well-known movies and themes. However, it was the visual spectacle mixed with a dirty, well-used universe and a sense of background that made Star Wars such a hit. There's no arguing that George Lucas's vision on filmmaking, as seen within his original trilogy, changed the way movies were made forever. The only summer box office smash before Star Wars had been Spielberg's Jaws, but now something more visually arresting had hit the screens and swept many a child and teenager from this period into a galaxy far, far away. This is also the 3rd September in a row where the original trilogy has appeared on DVD from the 4-disc box set of 2004 to last year's 3-disc box and now this year's limited editions, which are sold separately. The interesting thing about these limited editions, and the reason most people will buy them, is the inclusion of the original versions of the movies, with none of the new scenes and effects added. Lucas has bowed to fan pressure and finally listened to what they wanted. However, not all is rosy with these discs. The video elements used for the original trilogy versions appear to come from the digital masters used for the 1995 Definitive Collection on Laserdisc, which also means no anamorphic enhancement. This is a real disappointment, coming from a company which allegedly prides itself on producing the best picture and sound. The THX logo is proudly displayed as such. In our opinion, after watching these discs, the lack of anamorphic display capabilities is a definitive deal-breaker. But how does it look compared to the 2004 Special Edition available on Disc 1? To see screen captures of both editions, you will have to visit avplay.com and read the full reviews. But to summarise... The original version's lack of anamorphic capabilities means that detail levels are far less than those seen within the 2004 version. Colours are muted and washed out, and there is copious amounts of grain obviously visible in certain scenes. The elements were cleaned up back in 1995, and this means that not all is bad. It is certainly watchable, even on large projection screens but lacks the crisp boldness of the 2004 versions. Sound is presented with the original stereo elements, which restores all those musical and effects cues that growing up with this movie ingrained on your mind. Don't get me wrong, Ben Burtt's 2004 5.1 mix was very well done, but is also slightly different in its execution, and also displayed a reversed stereo mix which was encoded on the 2004 discs by mistake. The stereo mix on this new, original version sounds as good as the films ever did, and using Pro Logic or other DSP effects such as Logic 7 on your AV amp will bring the track to full surround life. Empire and Jedi both display the same problems, but it's also true that each film improves slightly in its audiovisual presentation as the release date gets more recent. Oh, and don't expect any extras worth watching on these sets either. The main listed extra is the original film. So, overall, it was nice that George Lucas saw fit to go back on his claims that the original films were lost forever, and to give fans what they wanted. However, the lack of anamorphic video in this day and age means that these additions are lacking the force for this release. And, with rumours of an all-encompassing definitive box set which will include all six films and which includes cleaned up and anamorphic versions of the originals, probably coming next September, we would recommend allowing these limited versions to run their course and be removed on December 31st, and then you can wait for the real deal next year. The discs score 5 out of
4: 10. The Force will be with you, always.
1: This week's DVD reviews. Uh, what? Well, we're from Castle, near Frankfurt. <laughs> well, we've heard about your missing children.
3: Food for Charles. <laughs> Hold your
4: tongue, you old witch, or you'll get another ducking.
2: Papa! Papa! Right. can you help us? Stay back. It's all right. They're the Brothers Grimm. People talk about them in Marksburg. They're famous. Right
1: you are, son. The famous Brothers Grimm. Look at this strapping young lad. He is my daughter. And
2: a fine wife he'll make some lucky man.
3: The Brothers Grimm is a what-if type of story. You know, the sort. What if the Germans had won the Second World War? What if the Titanic hadn't sank? And what if Posh Spice could sing? Completely fictional stories, but with a basis in reality. In this story, the brothers are well known for their heroic deeds of slaying evil demons. Only thing is, it's all a scam. They are nothing but charlatans, arranging for demons to appear there before they stroll into town and vanquish the evil. For a fair price, of course. However, word gets back to Della Tom about the Grimm's conniving ways, and he is quite prepared to have the duo executed. The only fly in the ointment is one town by the name of Marbarden, Barden, which appears to be being conned by someone other than the Grimm's, but in a similar manner. A decision is made that if the brothers reveal the fraudsters, they then may live. There's only one small problem with this, the evil is real. This movie is Terry Gilliam's most commercial work, and as such has had some scorn by critics, as it isn't up to his normal levels. However, I think that Gilliam Light is still entertaining. It's been reasonably well documented regarding how the studios and Gilliam clashed over the movie, and so I won't go into it here. Suffice to say that it may well have been a different movie without their involvement. Regardless, I enjoyed this movie, with all its quirks and humour throughout, and you can't go wrong with Monica Belushi shoehorned into a bodice, can you? Being a Japanese hd DVD. I was concerned initially that it may not play in my American machine. I know region coding isn't in effect but as this was my first non-US title I was a little bit wary. Thankfully, and as expected, there was no issues on playback and I have to say that this is a wonderful transfer. In fact I'd go as far to say that it's in the top 3 picture quality wise of all the titles I've reviewed thus far. It's incredibly sharp and detailed, with superb colours that leap from the screen. Comparing the Red Riding Hood cape on this title to the DVD counterpart is an astounding difference. Sonically, it's as good as it's ever been, although I didn't have the chance to compare it to the Japanese DVD release which has a DTS soundtrack. However, it does have a very detailed and engrossing soundtrack, but I will have to admit that I had to turn up the volume a little more than other titles. The most interesting thing with regards to this title is that at the time of writing, no US edition has been announced, but the Blu ray version has been. This only highlights the difference between the US and other markets, as the Region 1 DVD was a dimension movie. And unless Disney changed their stance, it won't appear in the US market. As a movie, this scores 6 out of 10, but the picture quality is very, very good indeed.
1: This week's DVD Reviews.
3: The Last Stand is the final movie in the trilogy, sadly without Brian Singer at the helm. In his place is Brett Ratner, whom isn't amongst the most well-regarded directors on the planet. However, let's discuss the movie itself. Set after the events of the second movie, this is based very remotely on the Dark Phoenix saga from the comic books. Jean Grey reappears from beyond the grave, Worthing Industries have developed an anti-mutation serum, which when injected would cause a mutant to lose their powers, and Magneto is at large as usual. As Jean's power is no longer kept in check, she succumbs to the dark side, her alternative personality called the Phoenix, and joins Magneto and his brotherhood to start war on the humans due to the development of the serum. For the most part the movie is very much action orientated compared to the first two and is also not quite as dark in tone. Don't get me wrong, there's lots more deaths and some of them more graphic than the originals but that doesn't make this any more or any less entertaining. The biggest issue in my mind is how it tries to wrap it all up but not in a very happy Disney kind of way and it's here where most of the backlash from the X-Fans is justified. The title is The Last Stand after all, and its largest flaw is the deaths of major characters. In fact, it even pains me to tell you this information. It's technically a spoiler, but consider this. If they killed Mary Jane in Spider-Man, Captain America in the Avengers movie, or Robin in Batman, it would be mentioned on the internet pretty damn quickly but I'll spare you the exact details here, even though other sites haven't shown you that courtesy. Suffice to say, any fan of the previous movies will be shocked in the first 30 minutes and even a tad resentful. However, on the positive side, we do have some more ex-characters, such as Angel, Beast, Multiple Man and Leech amongst others, and the action scenes are very good, but it's not up to the standard of the first two movies. And it could be that the director and writer aren't familiar with the X-Men comics because it shows heavily. Oh, I forgot. Vinnie Jones as the Juggernaut. Not the best casting decision ever. The picture quality of this release is very good, with no haloing, no artefacts present, bright colours and deep black levels. Detail is very good as well, with some of the smallest details being seen easily. The print used should be pristine, and indeed it is, with no dust or dirt present at all. While it may not match HD, it is a very good looking transfer indeed. Audio-wise we have a Dolby Digital 5.1EX soundtrack, which is engrossing and lively. Rear speakers are used well, from the soundtrack by John Powell to the effects in the battle scenes. Bass is very prominent, from Cyclops' eye blast to the juggernaut running through walls. If you like your lfe you'll love this dialogue is clear as well even when the soundtrack gets very busy overall it's a fun movie and it sort of fits in with the other movies however continuity with the comic books clearly wasn't important to the writer or director taken as a movie there's fun to be had but taken as an extension of the comic and it fails heavily that said We score this a 7 out of 10.
1: The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums
2: Podcast. Dead Rising for the Xbox 360 sees you as Frank West, a photographer who's sent to investigate the strange goings-on in Willamette, Colorado. When you arrive, you find that the population has been turned into zombies, and just like all fashionable undead, they're hanging out at the mall. It's up to you to find out what's going on, save a few people on the way, and beat some flesh-eaters into a bloody pulp. Any link between this game and Dawn of the Dead is, of course, purely coincidental, and the box takes great pains to point out that it's got nothing to do with the movies. Interestingly though, for anyone who played the demo and thinks that this is going to be more of the same, they're going to be wrong. Dead wrong, if you'll forgive the pun. The game engine and dynamics seem to be a spruced up version of the controversial game State of Emergency. However, the game has much more underneath its undead skin. At various stages there are time quests to perform, although the generous times give you freedom to explore along the way. The number of zombies increases as you proceed through the game, and you'll find yourself picking up everything from plant pots to toy lightsabers to fend them off. The story is spread over three days, with changing levels of light. Days are bright, but it's at night when the real fun begins. That's when something like a lightsaber comes in really handy. Our biggest criticism of the game is that it does take a while to get into. Initially, you'll be happy just running around whacking zombies into next week. But then you start to appreciate the game mechanics and actually start enjoying the quests. It's only when you start playing it properly that it becomes more rewarding. The other note we'd make is that anyone thinking that it will be exactly like the demo on Marketplace will be pleasantly surprised, as it is in fact much, much better. Visually, this is a solid title, with nice sharp graphics, cutscenes using the game's engine and no slowdown when it gets too busy. And for those who remember games like green-blooded Carmageddon, the blood is refreshingly red. Dead Rising may not be as impressive as 99 Nights, but it holds its own. Sonically, it makes good use of the Dolby soundtrack, which immerses you in a swathe of moaning zombies. So with blood, body counts and zombies, what's not to like? We score this a healthy 8 out of 10. Channel check.
5: Left, channel,
1: right, channel. Europe's number one audio visual resource. This
2: is the avforums.com. In the last two podcasts, we've looked in depth at the whole piracy issue, which has dogged the AV industry for a long time. In this edition, Phil Hinton looks at what the possible solutions could be and also finds out why DVD reviews might never be the same again. The AV Forums podcast special feature.
3: So, after talking to forum members and interviewing the industry's watchdog fact, we come to the final part of our focus on piracy. We have heard about forum members' downloading and piracy experiences, and most, if not all, agree that in certain circumstances, most have used copyrighted material in ways that the industry might not have approved of. Downloading TV programmes is certainly one of these areas, along with backing up DVDs or games that people have paid for the actual product. It also appears that most AV forums members take quality issues very seriously, and certainly hate the professionals such as the eBay pirates and the car boot sale marketeers. However, many also don't believe the hype that bodies such as Fact used to try and discourage piracy, such as saying that all the money goes to criminal gangs. So for this last part, we talk to the DVD press to see what their views are on piracy and how the battle against piracy is affecting DVD reviews. So what is Steve May, editor of Home Cinema Choices' view on the piracy issue?
4: To be honest, I think my principal objection to pirate movies is more performance-related than moral. I just don't want to watch films that look and sound awful. On a recent trip to the Far East, I visited a Chinese market in Kuala Lumpur. With me were several key journalists from a number of UK home entertainment magazines. Much to my total amazement all of them descended like flies on the local hawkers of pirated software. Their movies were cheap, just a couple of quid each and included all the big box office hits of the time just like you might be offered by someone in your local B&Q car park. They were obviously going to be junk and I stayed well clear but the guys on my trip snapped them up anyway. Sure enough when we played the discs back on the PC at the hotel The movies had been shot with a camcorder in a local cinema. The quality was hilariously bad. It just goes to show that even people who should know better can't resist what seems an illicit bargain. Clearly no matter what DRM technology is employed on packaged media, the bulk of pirate movies will continue to be stolen from cinema screens direct. If you love films and home cinema in general, buying any pirated software is just a false economy.
3: Most would probably agree with Steve's point of view in terms of quality, but there is a more sinister angle taken recently by the film companies who supply magazines and websites with review DVDs. As the editor of AVPlay.com, I have battled with the PR companies at some length over their distribution of review material. For those who don't know, review sites like AV Play and magazines like Home Cinema Choice rely on film companies to supply us with advanced check discs. Basically, these are the finalised product, but without any artwork or DVD box. The discs are the same pressings that the final commercial product uses for its full release. By getting these discs, we can evaluate the transfer on our reference systems and give an accurate assessment on the audio-visual quality. However, for the past 18 months, many companies have stopped supplying such discs and, even worse, adding text messages over the disc transfer, which makes reviewing impossible. When these problems started becoming more prevalent, we took the decision to refuse to review UK DVD content which had such restrictions. But if it was affecting us as a website, it must also have had an impact on the DVD magazines too. I had a friendly chat recently with Anton Van Beek, former deputy editor of Total DVD magazine, and more recently the news editor for Home Cinema Choice magazine. I started by confirming that Anton had had the same problems, most notably with DreamWorks to start with.
5: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's only got considerably worse since then. Um, DreamWorks was just kind of a drop in the ocean uh, compared to what's come since. Since that point, we've had... Cutting at the company's Universal very quickly got in on the act of uh, timecode stamping and property stamping all of their major kind of tentpole releases. Then I think it was Entertainment and Video who were the next ones after Universal that really kind of started taking a stance on this. Uh, and they, their PR anyway, um, informed us that with regards to all what they considered their temporal titles or their major new releases, uh, they simply wouldn't be issuing check discs at all. Time-coded screener discs, the kind that are sent out to the uh, you know video rentals and that kind of places, containing just a widescreen transfer of the film, time-coded with none of the menu screens, none a stereo soundtrack, would be available if we wanted to watch the film itself. But none of the extra material and certainly nothing kind of uh, that would give any indication of the quality of the finished DVD would be available. Then, in quick succession. I think it was Warner Home Video we were informed that they were taking exactly the same approach. Uh, and then swiftly after that, it was Buena Vista who came in informing us that from now on, there would be no check discs for any of their titles, back catalogue, new or TV.
3: So what's the stance that they've given you then?
5: Um, their, their opinion, you know, the vague reasoning they give all of the companies have given for this is that great word, piracy. That, that's the one reason. You can't get into any more depth from it or anything else. They seem to be under this belief that, as journalists, apparently we kind of nip off, you know, at lunchtime, burn off a few hundred copies given to the guy who walks around the pub slugging copies of them, uh, when in fact, you know, it doesn't take an idiot to see that as soon as a film's released theatrically in the States, there's versions of, you know, pretty much straight dvd writ available, downloadable from the internet.
3: Why do you think they're giving the, the piracy stance then? Do you think it's an easy cop-out for them? I
5: think it is in a way, yeah.
3: Um, You know,
5: it's obviously keeping production costs down in terms of the discs and things because they're just replicating these very cheap screeners. Um, I'm sure there are concerns about piracy as well. Don't get me wrong, you know, it is a big concern for the industry. But it's clear that they're looking in the wrong direction. You know, they've got to be looking much closer to home for this because these things are obviously coming straight out of things, you know, facilities much closer related to this studio around the time of theatrical release.
3: I mean, my view on this, I've been in this game uh, about three years now. You've obviously been in it a long time. Yeah. Uh, But the thing I've picked up straight away is the Oscar screeners. Oh, yeah. The screeners for the awards and so on. All you have to do is go on to Usenet or one of the other um, downloading sites and you find straight rips of these discs.
5: Yeah, Definitely.
3: So is is that not where they should be looking? Not at the journalist who, at the end of the day, I mean, that, speaking for myself, you know, we we review the stuff on high end kit at the end of the day, um, because we're all enthusiasts. We write yeah. for enthusiasts, so they're obviously, you know, they're, they're using that as an excuse, aren't they?
5: They are blatantly. I mean, you know, there are clearly serious problems somewhere in the system that's allowing, you know, whether it's the Academy Award or you know. The for your consideration rips, as I think they're becoming known because of the messages that pop up across the bottom of the screen. Or, you know, I think it was Shrek 2 was one of the first ones I heard of where, you know, there was basically a rip of the finished Region 1 DVD online weeks after the film itself had, you know, been playing at cinemas. Uh, so there's clearly serious, you know, problems within the system. Uh, and they're looking at journalists as the easy cop out way. And along the way, you know, that saves them a bit of money. And I think that journalists, unfortunately, because of the standards of, you know, several of the publications, and I'm not going to go into naming names or anything here, but I think anybody with any sense can see what and who they are, who don't care about this anyway, don't wait for finished discs to, you know, review anything on and more than happy to have seen a film in the cinema, get bunked a couple of VHSs with the extra features on right up a review, recommending the DVD version to its readers. Uh, because magazines and things have taken a stance accepting that kind of thing anyway, um, they just, you know, see this as an easy option.
3: And and that's one of the things, isn't it? I mean, that that's one of the things I noticed straight away um, when I started dealing with PR companies was the fact that they were sending you stuff on VHS. Now, yeah. how on earth can you review a DVD on a VHS tape? It's just not possible, is it?
5: No, not at all. I mean, you know, that was I think that was a very early thing on the Total DVD. I mean, I was with Trump on board a Total DVD from I think it was about issue four or something. And even back then, we were getting sent VHSs and things and at that you know this is long before even timecode DVDs became an issue um, and back then you know we set it out very plainly to all the PR companies that if what we were receiving wasn't indicative of the final you know finished retail version in terms of the full interactivity the all of the sound mixes in the space it would be the transfer encoded in the same you know bitrate and everything else as the finished version would be, then we weren't going to look at it. Uh, Unfortunately, it tends to be an odd thing with PR companies because I remember it was only a little while ago. I think it was only about a year or so ago. I can't remember which title it was, but it was a Warner Video release, one of their majors. Uh, And they certainly had check discs for it, but they weren't sending them out. You had to go around to their facility to watch them. Um, And obviously, it was a case of explaining to the ARPA company that we needed enough time to watch the entire film with the sound mix in full 5.1 and go through the extras. And they dumbfoundedly came back to us saying, oh, so we can't just do it in our boardroom with, you know, a 32-inch 4x3 screen and the the speakers built into the TV. And asking it to explain exactly what a 5.1, you know, surround system was. So if the PR companies dealing with the titles aren't that okay with the technology anyway, then it's not a massive surprise that they think it's perfectly okay to send out materials on VHS.
3: So what do you think... um the solution to the problem is is there a solution to the problem
5: i honestly don't know i really don't i you know in my wildest dreams i'd like to go back to the period where certainly as far as journalists are concerned they're treated with some modicum of respect and you know loyalty and integrity and sent check discs that are you know indicative of the finished product there's a long period where that happened and it didn't involve at all running off and burning off copies of all their dvds Uh, I think the problem is the studios, as I say, have got to start looking a lot closer to home to where these problems are.
3: Do you think it's a fact that maybe DVD's gone so mass-market now that they don't really care about the enthusiast who goes out and spends thousands of pounds on on equipment and then spends, you know, a couple of hundred quid every few months on on films? Do you think that they just don't care anymore?
5: Uh, I think to a certain degree that is true. There's no getting away from it, you know. the costs of DVD have fallen to the point now where obviously, you know, everyone's looking at, every studio is looking at HD DVD and Blu-ray as possibilities as a way of making money again. And, you know, the enthusiasts are just a very small section now, unfortunately, of what is generally considered a mass market medium. And so, you know, as far as they're concerned, if they're alienating a very small fraction of the audience, they aren't that bothered as long as they're getting, you know, their two pages worth of material into something that's feeding a much larger kind of spectrum of the market.
3: So there you have it. The film companies, for their own reasons, best known only to themselves, have stopped supplying genuine reviewers like AV Play and Home Cinema Choice with review discs. This then means that UK DVD reviews are now thin on the ground where enthusiasts really need them. Gone are the days when we could review in-depth new releases for picture and sound quality, And those sites and magazines who still produce early UK DVD reviews are certainly not doing so from any official release material and have certainly not viewed the final product, so you've been warned. Home Cinema Choice and AV Play will produce reviews of suitable finalised material and if it's not forthcoming from the studios, it most probably won't get reviewed by either of us. And the reasons given by the studios for their stance? Piracy. And that just shows what little respect these film companies actually have for their enthusiast market, and it is really sad. Our advice to these multinational companies? Try looking closer to home to find your pirate leaks and stop punishing the journalist and review websites. As at the time of writing this, a leaked copy of The Da Vinci Code has found its way onto the internet, and it was from a rental disc. And that rounds up our look at the various ways in which piracy issues now affect the AV industry in general. We're certainly not going to preach to any of our listeners on whether you should or should not pirate material. You are all adults at the end of the day. Home cinema fans want quality, and to buy pirate material is simply a false economy. But it would appear that it is this enthusiast market who are prepared to pay for quality, and who want in-depth reviews of titles, and who, let's face it, by the most DVDs per head of population that are being given shoddy treatment by the DVD studios. So you now have all the material over three podcasts to make your own minds up on this issue. And please feel free to discuss this matter at length on the AV Forums.
1: The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast.
3: In an exclusive interview for the AV Forums podcast, Olivier van Wijnendal from Toshiba Europe agreed this week to discuss all things HD DVD. So I started by asking Olivier if they had release dates for both the company's European players. Yes,
0: of course. We will launch the first player, the HD E1, middle of November, and uh, the IN player, HD X E1, will be launched middle of December
3: and can you tell us what price these machines will be in the uk
0: so they should be around 449 pounds for the hd e1 and 599 pounds for the xe1
3: do you foresee any component shortages such as the blue diodes is that a concern after all sony claim that that's what's delayed the the ps3 launch until march next year
0: uh, this is not what I understood as far as PS3 but uh, maybe you could ask to Sony uh, for more details. Uh, we have no concern with the blue diode uh, supply as far as I know. Uh, In the case of PS3, it is more a problem of implementation of the blue uh, diodes into the Blu-ray drives, I could understand, than uh, the blue diodes' availability uh, themselves. Well, regarding uh, HD-DVD, we don't have uh, such a concern at all.
3: The designs vary a little bit from the sleek US machines. Um, What was the thinking behind the UK designs?
0: The thinking was to offer machines which are slimmer, uh, more user-friendly, and more, uh, I would say, conventional in their design compared to the DVD player, because the HD DVDs are the next generation of DVD players and we wanted to to follow the same trend as for DVD in terms of design. Uh, Those two products are based on our second-generation chassis. So uh, components are much more integrated inside. So it allows us to reduce uh, uh, the size of the player, especially they are only uh, 6.5 cm mm, uh, high compared to 11 cm high for the US models. So they are not the same mes- machine, basically, and they are more consumer machines than the first player we launched in the US.
3: Will the machine be bundled with an initial film or demonstration disc like many early DVD players were? That will depend on
0: each country uh, which will launch the the players in Europe. It is their own decision. Of course, there are talks uh, underway with the content providers, uh, but I cannot uh, say for for each other country, but there is good chance that you will have uh, some bundles uh, available, yes.
3: How quiet is the machine? Does it use fan cooling at all? Uh, I
0: can't say at the time being until I have checked uh, the very latest uh, samples and this will not happen, happen before a few weeks, so let's see uh, uh, what will be the result, but yes, yeah, there are some cooling uh, because it uses some processors uh, as in the first machine. However, as I said, the components are much more integrated and uh, so uh, on the paper it needs much less uh, cooling power as on the first generation of machines.
3: And how fast are the machines likely to boot, and how quickly does the HD-DVD disk load?
0: Well, I would uh, give the cement answer. I need to check the final sample uh, once uh, all hardware and software are are, are finalized. Um, This was an issue that was raised uh, after the the U.S. launch, Um, Uh, and was reported reported to our factories and engineers. So we have taken special care uh, to have faster machine on this second generation, and it will be faster, uh, significantly faster.
3: Will the European machines use the same software as the U.S. ones? By software, do you mean firmware? Uh, Yeah, the firmware on the players.
0: No, they they are not using the same firmware, so you cannot download a U.S. firmware into the European machines. Because as I said, they are second generation machines, sorry, and uh, they don't use the same components. So uh, we have to use different firmwares to drive those components.
3: And is there still an Intel inside?
0: Yes, there is still an Intel inside, but uh, a new generation of Intel... Uh, I don't know the very details at uh, the time being, but uh, I seems to remember that it is uh, a Core Duo 2 processor, so much faster than the Pentium 4 you had on the first machines. This will explain as well why the, ma- the machines are, uh, are much faster than the first generation. This uh, Intel uh, processor is mainly dedicated to handle uh, advanced content features. And there is a, a specific video processor and some other processor for the task of the machines.
3: And are the machines PAL and NTSC capable? I, will I be able to play my uh, NTSC region 2 DVDs in the player?
0: Yes, they will be able to do that uh, normally, but the machines are coded, are region coded for DVDs uh, as per the specification of DVD Forum for DVD. So, But uh, both machines are compatible with PAL and NTSC, basically, yes.
3: Will the machines have USB sockets like the, the, yes. the US machines?
0: Yes, they do. They have two USB sockets uh, on the front of their panel.
3: And what are Toshiba's plans, Re the HD DVD launch and advertising? Is Microsoft helping with their add-on here, or I mean, is it going to be a coordinated all-in-one HD DVD launch? I
0: can't comment on Microsoft's plan. Uh, You should ask them, I guess. Um, As far as Toshiba, we'll concentrate uh, our launch on educating consumers uh, and uh, also retailers to the format. The issue is not the same as we had in the U.S., where HD penetration is much higher thanks to broadcast, because uh, HDTV started... uh, uh, as a broadcast uh, around 1998, uh, and now many channels are broad- broadcasting HD uh, programs. This is not yet the case in Europe. There are a few programs available, of course, but the consumer's perception towards HD is not as good as in the U.S. It's not as well-known as in the US. So our strategy is to show them our format, what is HD and what is good HD on a, on an optical disc. So we'll put quite a lot of uh, our budget into uh, proper displays in the shop, proper training of the salespeople in the shop so that they can explain well to, to the consumers. We'll have websites uh, online very shortly uh, for European HD DVD. We'll have loads of information and news about our format and also uh, the content providers, what they will do and so on. Uh, There should be also, depending on the country's uh, advertising campaign, in the press and billboards mainly, uh, this is still uh, being uh, finalised. But you will see HD DVD in Q4 quite well uh, everywhere.
3: Um, Will HDMI 1.3, will that be used for 120 Hz output?
0: Not at the time being, uh, xe1 will have 1080p output, but this will be 60Hz only for HD. So there's no plan to support 120Hz, or no firmware update uh, planned as well for the future on those uh, machines, on this generation of, of machine at least.
3: I believe it's possible to downmix the audio signal from um, any of the higher spec formats to plain DTS. On the HD-E1, this signal uh, then has to be transported to the amp via a, a toss link uh, connector. As this model obviously lacks uh, coax and analog output, are there any quality benefits from down-mixing the signal, higher bitrate, as opposed to just using a plain DTS format?
0: Well... Um... If you are using only optical output on this machine, the signal is being done next to DTS uh, Core. Um, this is a choice we made because uh, you need HDMI anyway to have uh, the full benefit of the new audio formats, and E1 is able to, uh, disp- to uh, sorry, to I would say broadcast those new uh, signals uh, in their plain full uh, bitrate. Um, DTS was our choice on the optical output because optical output has uh, too limited boundaries to be able to handle DTS HD and so on. Uh, and DTS, uh, among the uh, f- older formats, I would say, is the format which compresses the less the signal. So we estimated it is the best quality to offer through the optical output. Uh, for people who don't have anything else than an audio/video or video amplifier with uh, optical input, um, and I think it's a good choice. So.
3: How will we be able to um, savor with Dolby True HD and DTS lossless via the the E1?
0: You mean, uh, are, 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 do we have intention to have a DTS lossless uh, compatibility in the
3: future? Yes, that's right. Well,
0: uh, not on this uh, generation of player no.
3: And are there any plans for a, a pure video mode outputting 1080p at 24p, ignoring the internal mixing for picture-in-picture, etc., when a pure film is needed?
0: Uh, not at this moment, no, not as well. Uh, 1080p 24 is not part of the specification of HD DVD uh, as they were approved by DVD Forum. There might be some change in the future and at that time. If it happens, we will implement them uh, into our our machine, but our next generation machines. Uh, But for the time being, I can't say.
3: Will 1080p output be straight from the disc, or will the player be using 1080i deinterlaced by a separate chip, uh, the same way as the the HD DVD recorder does it in Japan?
0: The XE one will output 1080p uh, via 1080i conversion first, yes. Which, for the time being, is not really a problem, frankly speaking, because uh, there will be uh, no 1080p 60Hz or 50Hz source available on HDDVD on optical disc, uh, high definition optical disc. So there's no loss of quality in the process. Uh, An XE1 can output uh, directly uh, a 1080p signal, but it will go through a 1080i stage before, yes.
3: And will you add 1080i at 50Hz with firmware? And are the studios likely to use this at all?
0: Yes, this is an important question. Uh, as far as the specification of HD DVD exists today, 50Hz uh, has not been has not been defined yet by DVD Forum, but uh, it is underway. And uh, all tools for 50Hz and uh, specification of 50Hz will be finalized by uh, April next year. So we will have uh, firmware updates for all players, uh, at least the the European ones, which will uh, enable the players to be compatible with uh, uh, any 50Hz high-definition signal. Yes, but uh, I want to stress one thing: there will, there won't be any content available in 50 Hz as far as content providers are concerned until we release uh, this firmware update until H- uh, DVD forum approves 50 Hz for HD DVD. So consumers don't have to worry at all. They, they won't buy any uh, software uh, in the shops that won't play on the machines. That will come a little later. Anyway, in the first uh, months is, uh, after the launch, you will find mainly uh, content uh, from uh, film sources, and those contents will be mastered uh, in high definition or at uh, 1080p24 resolution, so the player will transform it to 1080i and uh, output it in 1080i for the E1 and uh, reconvert it to 1080p uh, if needed uh, on the X-E1 for the consumers who will have a 1080p uh, compatible TV set, and there are very, very few on the market at the time being, but this will be a possibility. Um, I want also to stress that uh, as far as 50th content for DVD that uh, we previously talked about, there will be no issue at all. Uh, any of our HD DVD players in Europe can read PAL DVD at 50Hz and can upconvert, uh, upscale the signal to uh, up to 1080i 50Hz or 1080p 50Hz, no problem.
3: That's excellent news, and and obviously that'll be uh, well that'll be well used information by our members. That was one of the main questions. Region free um, is a serious consumer advantage for. HD DVD over Blu-ray is HD DVD going to stay that way?
0: Well, uh, Region Three is currently only on HD DVD content. Uh, DVD. (laughs) I need to stress that as well. Will be coded as is DVD. uh, Any DVD player today. Uh, Will we uh, stay uh, this way? I don't know yet. Uh, We are just following uh, DVD forum specification and for the time being DVD forum has not um, come to a decision regarding region coding of uh, HD content. So as long as it stays this way, our, our players will stay this way as well, region free for high definition content. Uh, but uh, if DVD-FROM should decide to implement some uh, region coding, like uh, Blu-ray did, for instance, uh, also it probably won't be the same kind of coding, uh, then we will apply region coding into our next generation of players. But uh, let me be clear, the HD-E1 and HD-X-E1 will never be region coded, and they won't be firmware upgraded to be region coded as well. So if you want to buy a region-coded player in the future for for HD-DVD, it will be maybe on next-generation machines, maybe not. We will follow the rules, that's it. That's all I can say for the time being.
3: So technically, and we're speaking hypothetically here, if I was to buy an HD-DVD disc from the US, technically it should be able to play in the European player, is that correct?
0: Oh yes, it will play without any problem, yes. And the other way around, any HD DVD uh, sold in Europe can play in an American player, no problem. It can have some importance regarding the studio wars especially.
3: And obviously we're not just um, depending on US studios in, in Europe, are we? Because European distribution is different as well, so... Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, we we should see some titles which are Blu-ray only in the US but which will be released in HD um DVD in Europe. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes, uh, as you said in Europe most of the movies are sold through distributors, which could be for instance BBC in the UK or uh Studio Canal in France or uh Medusa in Italy, because uh, the Hollywood majors are selling the movies to TV channels, who want the right for TV broadcast, for video edition, and so on, VOD, and so on. So it's a decision of those local distributors to go on to uh, this format or that format, uh, and so on and so on. So there will be uh, titles, quite a lot of titles, only on Blu-ray uh, in, in the US, that will be available in HD-DVD in the UK. And it can be also the other way, around. some HD-DVD titles in the US, may you may find them on Blu-ray as well in Europe, yes.
3: Will, uh, will the, the European players' uh, output via component, that, that's HD um, content, will that be available via component output as well as HDMI?
0: this is a decision from the content provider if they decide that this can be played in high definition uh, through the component output uh, they will make it uh, possible Uh, up to now and I speak especially about the U.S. when we have this experience uh, it's always possible to get uh, high definition through components. They have not used yet the image constraint token, which is part of the ACS, which uh, disables the component output in HD. And, uh, well, you, you, should have, uh, you should ask uh, to the different studio what is the position uh, on this point regarding Europe, but I guess it will f- follow the same rule, basically, and at least for a few years, because we don't have to forget and uh, we know that that, uh, people will buy HD DVD. A lot of them will be early adopters, as we call them. And uh, many of those people have purchased uh, high-definition sets already a few years ago. Uh, It could be a projector or a projection TV uh, or even a flat panel TV uh, which does not have DVI or HDMI input. So um, why would we, uh, why the studio would Uh, avoid those consumers to be able to watch HD on component input. This would be quite unfair. So I guess uh, why they did not do that in the U.S. up to now is they don't want to punish uh, most of the honest consumers uh, because there are some uh, people which don't follow the rule and who would make uh, analog copies of this HD content. So up to now, it is possible to do so, and I, I guess a lot of titles in Europe will be uh, exactly the same. Will follow the same rule.
3: What video scaling is employed by the European players, and will you be able to bypass that to use a standalone scaler? Um, will we be able to use multiple output refresh rates such as 48 hertz, 72 hertz, 120 hertz, etc.?
0: Uh, we don't disclose uh, what component we use for the upscaling, but it is uh, quite a high-end solution. What you have seen of the U.S. player uh, will be implemented also on the European player at a still better level. So both players will be excellent upscalers. Um, you won't be able to bypass, as far as I know. I'm not an engineer, but uh, as far as I could understand, you can't by- by- bypass the RZ scaler. Uh, or you can just get the signal through HDMI or, or component and connect it to an external scaler. But there, there's no possibility basically in both machines to uh, change the refresh rate directly on the machine or so on.
3: One problem that, that has been noticed by those who have imported um, the HDA1 from the States is that um, if the handshake is broken between the HDMI uh, connectors, uh, when you switch back to HD DVD, you have to start the disc all over again. Um, will the European players be the same, or will that, the the player go back to the last po- point on the disc that was being watched?
0: What I can say is I need to check the final sample to confirm um, as far as I know uh, for advanced content uh, on HD DVD, uh, you cannot use resume play. Uh, so it's not part of the D D V D dvd specification yet for advanced content. For normal content, uh, this is basically OK, works the same as DVD. Well, I have to check the final sample before giving you a definitive answer. But And what I can say is what I already said uh, to you and uh, what Tokyo confirmed to me is that for advanced content, it will go back to the beginning of the movie.
3: Will there be regular firmware updates for the machines?
0: Yes, there will be regular firmware updates for the machines. Uh, as you know, uh, there have been uh, uh, a lot of remarks or reports about the machines in, uh, in the U.S. and uh, we kept track of those very, very uh, closely to improve uh, our players and there have been new firmwares available in the U.S. So it will be the same in Europe. Also, we think that uh, the machine, when they will be launched, will be much more finalized than in the US probably because we have already integrated this comments from uh, from end users. Um, the firmware updates will be available uh, through uh, internet download directly because all the players have an Ethernet connector so you are able to uh, upgrade the firmware if your player is connected to the broadband internet simply by uh, using your remote control and it will uh, Stream it from the net, or if you are not connected, so, or if your player is not connected, of course you can get it uh, from your PC and burn it onto a CD-ROM or DVD-ROM, and or DVD CD-R, or CD-ROM, DVD-ROM, and uh, and play it with uh, with the HD DVD player. It will update. Or Toshiba can send a disk and to any users who can do that, who can burn a disk. It's no, no problem. Everything will be implemented so that uh, it's quite easy. It will be quite easy to upgrade the machines to the latest firmware. This will be especially important to get 50Hz uh, compatibility on HD-DVD.
3: Will the, the new players uh, play 45 gig disks, the dual-layer 45 gig disks?
0: I can't say at the time being because the 45 gig disk have not been approved yet by DVD forum. So 45 gig disk has been uh, tested and validated by Toshiba and by Memory Tech. Uh, We have uh, had no demand from any content provider for such capacity on HD DVD yet. But we intend to propose it to DVD forum so that the disk will be approved and then any content provider can use it um, this will be done in, current, in the coming months, uh, but I cannot comment on the compatibility yet until uh, this disc is approved by DVD Forum, because as ever with DVD Forum, they can have some change of specification, and uh, so it's really too soon to say now. Then, the, if, if the player can be upgraded to play a triple layer disc, I can't say as well, because there might be some hardware uh, to change or, or to upgrade, and I'm not sure, I don't think it will be possible in this generation of players. But it might be only some upgrade that will make it possible.
3: And when will we see other brands other than Toshiba making standalone players? Well, I would like to
0: tell you that uh I'm absolutely not entitled to speak on behalf of other manufacturers today because I'm Toshiba and I'm not HDDVD promotion group. Uh They will be soon for Microsoft, as you know. They have already announced their uh, uh, additional uh, accessory uh, HD DVD uh, drive for their Xbox 360. And uh, what I can tell is that there will be additional uh, manufacturers uh, selling HD DVD in the uh, well, uh, rather near future, but I cannot say who and when.
3: How many players do Toshiba plan to sell in Europe this year or next?
0: So, of course, forecasts are always forecast and uh, depends, uh, can vary based on consumer demand. Uh, what we can see is... Uh, we made a very good IFA show in, in Germany with very good acceptance of our machines by the press, by our dealers, and uh, by end user con- consumers who saw them. And our forecasts are rising. Our plan is to sell uh, 100,000 players before the end of the year. At, at the time, well, it was a plan before IFA it, 100,000 players uh, before the end of the year. and target would be 1 million player in uh, 0.7 in Western
3: Europe. It looks like Blu-ray um, might actually launch in the UK before Toshiba. Does that worry you?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> not at all, because we won't be on the same positioning, uh, because we will have two machine available at uh, affordable, reasonable prices. Because uh, machines don't do everything, content is very important as well in the consumer perception, and uh, there will be uh, good and quite a lot of content available. Um, because also, let's see if the blower players will be available indeed, uh, and this I can't comment on behalf of uh, the few brands who have announced player. Uh, So let's see what will happen, what I can confirm is our player will be there in November at the price uh, we have announced and uh, we can discuss also about the the software, the the content which will be available, there will be uh, stuff available for HD DVD from November.
3: Why do you think UK buyers should choose HD DVD over Blu-ray? What's the big reason that they should do that?
0: First because it will be available from November and they will have some choice, uh, at least with Toshiba, uh, two different players, two different prices, Uh, because, as I said, uh, the price is quite reasonable for a new product uh, of this kind. I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you remember the launch of DVD, but uh, we launched the first DVD players in Europe at uh, twice this price at that time because also this format is uh, proving to be successful in the USA with sales going up and sales of the content of software which are excellent. The quality of the software are are, are recognized to be very good. Uh, The quality of the players are also recognized to be very good. From our surveys, we have 90% of our consumers who are satisfied with their machines. Uh, Because it is a mature format somewhere as it is based on uh, DVD uh, disc structure. We are not facing at all the problem we ray are facing at the time being to uh, mass market uh, this uh, new technology. Our technology uh, is based on DVD basically, so it has been much easier to uh, manufacture in numbers. Because also we have a combo disc, which can be of interest to the end user that is uh, both DVD and HD DVD version of a movie on the same disc. So you can buy uh, uh, HD DVD combodies today and play it in your conventional DVD player or in your portable DVD player in your car and then play it uh, on your HD DVD player uh, or you can wait to buy an HD DVD player if you wish so but you can start to make your collection of uh, HD DVD, uh uh, Software which will be compatible with your normal DVD. So a DVD has quite a lot of advantage uh, that we think uh, will be uh, interesting for consumers when they will compare versus Blu-ray.
3: The Blu-ray group keep mentioning that they have over 170 companies listed as making the technology. How do you see HD DVD competing for store-shelf space? Um, if that really is the case. I mean, obviously, it's all talk at the minute. Will there only be one or two HD DVD players against the potential of having nearly every other manufacturer having a Blu-ray deck for sale, or do you not see that happening?
0: I don't want to be too aggressive versus Blu-ray, but uh, that's one of the things of Blu-ray. There's a lot of potential, but there's not a lot of things which are actual today. So on the paper and theoretically there should be plenty of Blu-ray players on the shelf and a few HD-DVD players. Uh, also because Toshiba and HD-DVD uh, promotion group members never promised more than what they were able to deliver. But we did what we promised and uh, we set expectation as a reasonable level. But what we actually delivered was above expectations for, for most of the people who are using it today. So people are satisfied with HD-DVD. So you will see that at Christmas on the shelf of the shops, you will have more HD DVD players than Blu-ray players to sell and more choice for HD DVD. Uh, so it's not a concern for us at all. Uh, we are not, uh, I mean, selling our players, developing our technology, always considering Blu-ray coming in or not. We are following our way and we are respecting our, our timing, our, our, our promises, our deadlines. And, and that's okay for us, our technology is mature, we launch it, and we are pretty confident that uh consumer will
3: like it and adopt it. What are Toshiba's plans for releasing a, an HD DVD recorder in the UK? Will it be a viable option for recording, say, Sky HD services, etc.? HD
0: DVD recorders launch will be subject to the market demand, in fact, uh, as you know, there has been already one recorder sold in Japan, uh, so it's really demand of the market which will push us to launch or not in Europe, uh, and also availability from uh, HD signals, which can be recorded. Today, there are quite a few broadcasts in HD, but there should be more, we hope so, uh, for the good of the HD format. And uh, then the discussion will be, can we record the signal on our HD DVD recorders or not? And this is linked to the uh, decision of the broadcaster to open the, the HD sources, HD broadcast to to any uh, kind of system being able to record HD. For the time being, they are more into uh, exclusive solutions through uh, hard drive integrated built-in the decoders and so on but discussion uh, I would say are starting about that but I can't give you any conclusion for the time being what it shows is we still have some time in front of us so.
3: and finally Olivier um, how important are websites like AV forums for you as a company to answer questions from the public and to gauge feedback um, on your product
0: They are very important. Uh, We got a lot of feedback on the U.S. market when we launched in April regarding what was okay and what especially was wrong with our players. And uh, this is what you will see as an improvement on the second generation, Uh, although they will be new chassis, so they will be more performant. Uh, But there have been a lot of uh, remarks about our remote controls, uh, backlight, uh, the uh, movement sensitivity of the remote of the XA1. Um, you will see that it it will be uh, improved quite a lot in the second generation, and this is based uh, only on consumer perception and consumer feedback, and. Uh, to have instant access uh, to this feedback. Uh, I mean, website, uh, uh, web forum, uh, uh, such uh, sites as yours are a goldmine. Uh, we have direct contact with the consumer this way. So, this is very important. And in Europe, we are following uh, the leading uh, sites as well, such as yours. And, the ones in Germany or in France as well, where you have a lot a lot of early adopters and uh, home cinema fans, uh, I would say. So uh, we also believe those people are very important to uh, make our product a success. So we try to uh, bring products that meet their expectations in terms of features, in terms of price, in terms of uh, uh, availability and so on.
3: Olivia, thank you very much for um taking part in this interview today and I wish you all the best with your
1: HD DVD launch in November.
0: Thank you very much. i'll talk to you soon.
1: Contact the AV Forums Podcast. Email podcast
2: at AVforums.com Coming soon in the AV Forums Podcast, we're discussing the effect that internet sales have made on the AV industry in the UK. How have manufacturers and retailers had to adapt to the changing market? If you work for a manufacturer or retailer, we'd like your comments. Also, if you buy AV equipment, whether it be high-end or budget priced, we'd like to know whether you prefer buying online or from a high street dealer. Please email us on avdoctor at avforums.com. So we can arrange a friendly phone interview or just call us on 0208 123 9587 and leave your comments on the answer machine. We really do value your opinions, so please contribute to make your AV Forums podcast as good as it can be. And that just about wraps up the 14th AV Forums podcast. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening, stay subscribed and tell your friends.
1: The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton, with gaming news written by Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton, and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.
4: The Force will be with you always.